Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Marlon Nichols. He's a managing general partner at Mac Venture Capital. Marlon, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's great to be back. Can't believe it's been five years. I know it's it's crazy. I'm I'm excited to have you back on the show. We had a really good conversation last time. You've you guys have invested in a ton more innovative uh, companies, but maybe before we dive into all that let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up yeah yeah yeah. so i um i was born in jamaica cool um i lived there until i was about seven okay. um, and, then, and then moved to um, a place called mount vernon new york just outside the bronx right um but spent pretty much every summer in jamaica until i was about 15. so i kind of grew up in both places that's cool very yeah. cool so you went to university. What did you take and why? I, um, yeah, I went to Northeastern University. Um, first, I thought I was going to be an architect. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then uh, when I realized I wasn't any good at it, started looking around for what I was going to do instead and uh, stumbled upon this major called Management Information Systems, which was kind of a blend between um, technology and, and business. And okay. so you know, I've always been interested in, in tech and, um, you know, you're in school and everyone you're in school cause you want to be in business. Right. So, um, <laughs> I figured I'd give it a shot. And so I did. And, uh, and it, it worked out I, you know, Northeastern has a, a co-op program where you spend six months of each school, each calendar year, um, in school and six months, um, working. Oh, that's uh, cool. Internship. Yeah. So I got to, spend time at companies like Hewlett Packard and, and a bunch of others and, and, you know, really kind of see what it's like to, to work in tech. Very cool. So you get out of school, walk us through your journey, getting an MBA up until and what you're doing now with uh, Mac Venture Capital. Oh yeah. Um, uh, the cliff note version is, so I, I was, I lucked upon a, um, a startup. It was a seed stage startup called frictionless commerce. Okay. And, um, I joined them. I think I was maybe employee number 10 or 11, somewhere around there. And, um, within a year, I, I was meant to be doing, um, implementation, um, of, you know, of the software product for our customers, but that turned into a year later, turned into, well, why don't you move to the UK with one of the founders and, and one other person and, um, help us kind of grow the company there. And so did that, um, spent somewhere two and a half, three years in the UK doing that. Um, ultimately the company was sold to SAP. I moved back to the U S and decided I wanted to get into consulting. So first I was kind of doing post, um, M and A integration work. Um, largest client at the time was the Blackstone group. Uh, and then, um, moved more into like just strategy consulting, um, working with media and entertainment customers like, um, 
Warner Music and McGraw-Hill and a number of others ultimately decided that I didn't want to operate full-time and I definitely didn't want to be a consultant. Uh, and so venture was a thing that I found that, that was kind of right in the middle. And so I went back to business school at Cornell. Um, one of the reasons I chose Cornell is because it had an um, MBA-led pre-seed um, venture fund. Okay. And um, I was fortunate to, um, to hold the title of CEO of that fund for about a year and a half, the two years that I was there. That's awesome. And yeah, and that, that helped me to kind of network into the venture venture capital space and kind of learn how to do the job, um, at least <laughs> at least the um, some of the table stakes aspects of doing the job. And then, um, yeah, I graduated and joined Intel Capital, spent five years there, um, became a Kauffman Fellow and and then the term decided I was going to start my own fund and um, the first one I um, co-founded was was called Cross Culture. I did that with uh, Troy Carter, um, and then as um, you know, as as we were getting to the end of you know Cross Culture's um, investment period, started thinking about you know, well, how do you how do we make this thing bigger, right? How do we create a multi generational um, institution? And you know, for that, I needed we needed a bigger team. Um, we needed folks that were you know, committed to this thing a hundred percent, you know, uh, of, of every day. And, um, and so that's when I, I got with, um, Mike, Adrian and Charles of M ventures and we created Mac. Um, so Mac basically stands for M ventures and cross culture. We basically wow. managed our teams and, um, started working together in 2019. Very cool. So what types of companies does Mac venture capital actually invest in? Yeah. Um, Tech and tech-enabled companies primarily. Uh, we like to get involved at the seed stage. Um, seed stage for us means that the company has built a product and, and they're about to take it to market or they have recently taken it to market. Um, that's just where we feel like we can add the most value and, and where we can right. find the right? biggest opportunity. Okay, very cool. Is there specific verticals you guys invest in or it's just kind of anything tech or related yeah we consider ourselves generalists um, okay but we're also thematic um we have this um underlying um thesis or this thesis that underlines everything that we do um we call it cultural investing okay and um, essentially what we're doing is is we're identifying emerging behavioral trends and you know trying to we do a bunch of research and trying to make a determination of which of those trends can actually become a part of popular culture. And then um, from that lens, we start to look at companies, both on the enterprise side, as well as consumer side, um, facing side. And, um, you know, are they building solutions that fit with, um, you know, where we see these behavioral trends going? Um, so every investment that we make, um, you know, has to fit within that lens. But from there, it gets pretty, pretty wide or broad. Um, but there are, there are about seven areas where we spend most of our time, you know, um, commerce and marketplaces, um, health tech, uh, fintech, um, a space that we, uh, space technology or, or aerospace and, and deep technology is another one. Um, um, uh, uh, there's an area we used to call like regulatory, but it, it's more about um, looking at really big old industries that um, haven't seen much technological innovation in a long time. Um, and, but there's a, a major opportunity 
if you do add um, some technology to, um, you know, to that industry, it pretty much jumpstarts um, industry all over again. And then you start to see these amazing um, growth curves um, of an already large, large industry. So we, we love looking at those. And then um, I've been I've been doing a, a bit of investing in, in Africa um, okay. as a, just as a geography. I think uh, portfolio there is now five companies wow. um, across, you know, the uh, several of the sectors I just mentioned. Okay, very cool. So it sounds like you don't really necessarily invest in a certain geographic region. You're kind of open to anywhere. Yeah, I mean, we're we're primarily um, the United States, North America. Okay. But, but we, I mentioned, um, we do have uh you know those five um africa-based sure. companies um we, i think we have one in canada we have um one in mexico city uh so we're, we're open right like That's one of cool. the things we always say is that talent is ubiquitous right um they're great founders everywhere solving um, you know amazing challenges building terrific companies um, but access to capital is not ubiquitous and so we want to be that um you know that 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 capital that finds these amazing entrepreneurs that are building um, game-changing companies. Sure. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So I, I'm curious. You guys do some invest in diversity and visionary founders. Do you want to talk about why that's so important? Because we all know kind of the stereotypes of traditional kind of investing. Yeah. I I, I mean great. Great founders come in all shapes and sizes and colors and and all that stuff, right? And um, that's something that that we know to be true and 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 believe wholeheartedly. And so um, while you know we're we're not a, a diversity fund by any stretch, but we do recognize that there are some amazing opportunities um, or you know really large challenges that need to be solved in um, in in diverse communities and. You know the best people to solve um, solve challenges are usually those that have lived through them, right? right? And so, um, you know, with that lens, um, you know, we go out and we and we find um, entrepreneurs that are solving, you know, the the challenges that we know of and and really care about, um, and and so that you know, just approaching it from that uh, with that lens, that's what helps us to get to a place where we have, you know, sixty nine percent of our um, of the portfolio of our current portfolio, um, you know, companies are founded by black, Hispanic, um, or women founders, right? Very cool. Um, you got to be open to it, um, and I think that's that's the, the challenge within within venture is that um, folks aren't open to, you know, um, exploring opportunities outside of their immediate network, um, and aren't doing the work to understand you know, uh, where some of these uh, really huge opportunities lie. And so, yeah, we try to, we try to play in that space. No, that's, that's very cool. You guys also offer a bunch of services to the companies you, you invest in that I think a lot of traditional venture capital firms don't actually offer. Do you maybe want to cover some of those and, and why you think that's important? Yeah, I mean, we're really super hands-on, or as hands-on as the founders will let us be. Um, we try to be real partners to the um, the CEOs and executive teams that we invest with. Um, I'll, I'll just mention one that I sure. think is, is a standout. You know, our our, our backgrounds, right? So 
we, we had a, um, a, a former mayor of a, a major city in, in the US. Um, we have a couple of former talent agents, um, you know, consultant, and everyone has operated. Um, but the, and so in all those kind of services businesses, um, uh, one key thing that, that you have to do well you know, is, is be able to tell stories, right? And being able to tell your story well as a startup um, has an outsized impact on how quickly you can grow. And so that is a, a unique skill set to us, um, you know, in, in terms of um, looking to be different from other venture firms, is that we can really help um, our companies tell their story in an effective, um, succinct, and efficient way that resonates with their target audience. Um, that, that's something that you know we hang our hat on, and and you know we bet that we're better than most at. Interesting, and well, I think that's very cool that you guys do that because that's very challenging for anyone, right? And the fact that you guys are helping your companies with that, I think, is actually super important and actually probably helps them succeed a lot quicker. Is is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you can communicate, you know, the value that you are providing um, to a specific group in a way that resonates with them, they're they're going to be more inclined to, to try your product or your service than, you know, if you just have a um, some kind of boilerplate language that doesn't specifically speak to who you wanted to speak to. It's just it's kind of common sense if you, if you like, you know, um, take it at its, at its simplest form. Um, but it's a talent. It's a it's a it's a skill um, to be able to do that well. Hi there and welcome to Wake Me Up, the podcast where morning people are made. I'm your host, Tyler. Wake Me Up is based on one simple fact. How you start your morning dramatically affects the rest of your day, both your productivity and your happiness. And Wake Me Up is designed to be a one-stop shop for a great morning. By using Wake Me Up and changing your morning routine, you can change your life. Instead of hitting the snooze button over and over or scrolling through a sea of negative news and judgy social media, just press play on an episode of Wake Me Up. You can even start every episode from bed if you want. Most episodes blend mindfulness and meditation, some simple yoga or stretching, and send you off with a motivational bit. If it's morning for you right now, go ahead and pick out an episode. If not, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. And either way, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day. Sure. Well, I think part of the challenge is sometimes when you're in the trenches building your product, you can't look at it objectively from the outside, right? And having somebody like you guys come in and say, okay, like you understand the product, but you can also look at it from that outside perspective to see where the holes are or what doesn't make sense. And because sometimes I, I think it can be challenging. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think you can um, develop like blinders, um, you know, so, so we love actually working with, with entrepreneurs that, um, are constantly looking outside and are putting their, um, uh, their customer, um, first or the needs and wants of their customer first, right? Because you can, you can easily go down the road of 
this is kind of cool. I want to build this, but um, you got to remember um, who you're building that thing for. Um, so we love founders that that have that mindset, and we feel like our job is to is to help remind them, um, you know, of that of that mission, of that of that focus. Right. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So, what size? of checks are you guys traditionally writing? Is there a range or, or what can people kind of expect from Mac Venture Capital? Yeah, so we target, it's more about ownership for us. So we, we target between 10 and 15% okay. um, ownership. And so that could range from, a, you know, a $1 million check in a very small round to, you know, two and a half to $3 million. Got you. Okay, very cool. So. I want to maybe dive a little bit deeper into some of the companies that you've invested in. Do you want to talk about what they do and what made you actually decide to invest in them? Man, there's so many um, great companies in our portfolio. Um, uh, you know, probably the the one of the fastest growing um, startups over the last several years is a company named Pipe. Um, okay. We were, in their very first round, they're now valued over um, over two billion. Wow! But they came up with an interesting way for um, companies to 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 grow their money without um, you know taking on dilution or or um, you know a lot of debt. Essentially, if you have a um, a contract with um, recurring revenue, it has value, and they're allowing you to trade um the the value of that um of that contract in exchange for um for cash that you can then use to put back into your business and grow it or you know fund your movie production or whatever it is um it kind of like a um uh, kind of like an on an exchange right oh, very um, cool. and so you know we've seen um startups uh, trade their contracts on the platform. We've seen um, publicly traded companies trade their products, their um, their contracts on the platform. Um, so it's that's one that you know I'm I'm so happy that we're able to to work with those founders again, um, and they're building an incredible company. Um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you maybe want to give us an example of a couple of other companies? Sure. Um, uh, another recent investment is a company um, named Rares, and so um, Rares is um, fractionalizing um, sneakers, collectible sneakers, okay. and and then allowing you to trade on the SEC regulated platform. That's so cool. yeah, so you know sneaker culture is is huge, um, totally. multi billion dollar um, industry at at this point, and um, you know most most people can't afford, you know, the, the really high end, um, sneakers, uh, and definitely not the collectible ones. And so what, what rares is doing is kind of like, uh, if you think of, think about, a, um, a company that's traded on NASDAQ, um, you know, they, they, they fractionalize it, right. You can buy shares of that company. So right. they're allowing you to buy shares of these, um, collectible sneakers. Interesting. And, um, and ultimately you'll be able to trade, um, on the platform, you know, you'll be able to buy and sell your, um, you know, the equity that you hold in, in these sneakers. And then, um, ultimately you know, someone's probably going to want to, um, buy the, um, the sneaker outright in an auction. And then, you know, everyone's going to get paid out that way as well. Um, so, you know, no one's done this before. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> totally yeah. new. 
Yeah, and it it um, there's also a um, financial education aspect um, to what they're doing too. It's like they're you know they're introducing folks that um, traditionally haven't you know um, played on the or invested on on the stock market. Um, so they're attracting them through, you know, um, uh, I guess a, a sector, an industry, or product that that they care about or are interested in, um, and then you know, teaching financial literacy um, through this process while allowing folks to um, to um, you know generate wealth at the same time. So really interesting company founded by um, Jerome Sapp, who's a former NFL player, um, also Harvard MBA. Very cool. No, very cool. So I'm curious because you guys do these seed stage investments when companies are pretty early on, what do you look for when a company actually pitches to you or, or what advice do you give to companies that are looking for seed stage investment? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a big question. Cause there's, there's just so much, um, probably the, the, the biggest thing is to, know the market that you're um, trying to play in and um, be able to, to properly articulate um, what's different about, you know, your strategy um, or your product and, and how you'll sustain that differentiation. Um, it's, I think it's also important to, um, uh, to demonstrate where you see the value in what you're building or where you see, you know, um, how you how you think your customers um, will see the value in, in in what you're building? Because at the end of the day, it's um, ventures about you know taking really big swings and um, and generating significant returns. And so you know you got to have large um, market opportunities in order to um, to have a chance at that. No, that that makes makes total sense. So when companies are pitching Mac Venture Capital. Is there like a process they have to go through or, or walk us through the journey from pitching to actually get investment? What does that look like? Yeah, so so you're going to start your relationship with one of the partners. Um, we're going to start to get to know you and your team. And um, if we get excited about what you're what you're doing, we're going to um, dig in and, um, you know, go through kind of a two to three week diligence process in, in most cases. And, you know, that that. Um, looks like us evaluating the the market opportunity um looking at you know the competitive elements within that that market and, and where you fit in or your company fits in um it's it's a matter of getting to know you through um, professional references and that you provide as well as you know um back channel um type of of references um it's about you know talking to prospective um customers um, or, um, or organizations that, that you would be selling to or have started to sell to. Um, it's all those things to just, um, you know, build a holistic view of um, the, the leaders, uh, the founders of um, this company and the opportunity um, ahead of it. Okay. No, interesting. So you guys wrote a piece about the state of, or you guys have written a bunch of pieces about the state of tech and culture and and why do you think kind of space is going to potentially be one of the big next things that you know we're we're going to explore as kind of mankind and, and human beings 
Oh yeah. Um, I mean, for a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, if you speak to, you know, anyone in, um, defense, for instance, like national defense, they'll tell you that space is the, is probably the number one place where they need to be spending, um, uh, both for just being able to see what's going on. Um, but to also be able to, um, um, defend, um, right. or, or, or attack. So that, you know, that's one, um, you know, communication, right. Um, I think there, there are a ton that we can do around, um, satellites and, um, and internet connectivity. Um, you know, if it's, if it's done right, um, uh, from, um, you know, the extraterrestrial, right. Um, there's just a, a ton of opportunity. There, there are things around climate change and impacting climate change that um, we can't tackle from um, terrestrially, right? We, we've got to um, we got to go out there um, to to try to solve some of those those challenges. Um, it's kind of like what you said before um, about you know founders and being inside of a of a of a problem and a solution and not being necessarily being able to get outside of that, right? It's you got to be able to to get outside of the earth, um, look down on it uh, to, to properly understand um, some aspects of it. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's there's so much opportunity um, there, um, particularly around um, Internet communication and defense. Sure. Interesting. I, I also think, too. I think at least most people at some point in their life, maybe it was only when they're a child, always kind of maybe dreamt of going to space, even just as like a tourist for like 10, 15 minutes or fly. Like just, I think it would be cool, right? I think most people are fascinated by it or just want to at least hopefully go into space for even if it's for a few minutes at some point in their lifetime. Hopefully it gets cheap enough that, you know, the average person can do that. I think it, I think it will. Um, you know, we have a, a company in our portfolio called Stoke. Okay. Um, they're, they're doing pretty well. And, um, you know, they've built like, or they're building, I should say, um, fully reusable um, rockets. Oh, so, cool. you know, you have a, a lot of companies that, um, you know, have call them payloads that they, they want to get up into space and they don't want to wait, you know, two months for the next, for the next thing. They want to have things go up, you know, um, you know, this week. Right. Right. And so almost think about it as like a, um, an Uber for, um, for enterprises that need to get things, um, in orbit, um, you know, small satellites, et cetera. Well, very cool. So you, you guys at Mac venture capital seem to be pretty up on what's coming next and, and the trends and stuff. How do you guys stay on top of, of that is there like podcasts or books or news or courses that you are kind of you know ongoing reading and listening to or, or where do you or how do you stay up on these trends um so yes we we do all those things we read all the things that probably everyone else is reading um but in addition to that um we have these amazing global networks okay. of um you know of, of influencers of um global marketing agencies, um, et cetera. And, you know, we talk to these, these, um, individuals and, and folks at these entities, um, often, right. To, to get a perspective. And 
the thing is when you start to hear um, something um, over and over again, right? That, that, that seems like a trend. Um, and then from, from once we identify it, then it's about um, really digging in and, and, um, and doing the research and, and figuring out, you know, does this thing have state power? Um, is it real? Can it stick around? Sure. Well, I, I think it's also because you guys don't really have geographical borders in the companies you invest in. You're open to different things happening in different parts of the world, right? And I think that gives you guys probably an advantage over some of the VC firms that only invest in, you know, certain geographic regions of, say, you know, America, right? Yeah, I, I think the the world is a... The earth, I should say, is a big place, but it's also a very small place now because of um, because of the internet and mobility. Sure. Um, and and I think um, you know why would you want to limit yourself in in that way? Um, they're they're great companies that are going to be um, founded in in a lot of different uh, places on you know on this planet. And you know I want to be a part of the next the next the next great thing that you know impacts people's lives in in a very meaningful way. Sure. Uh, so I don't want to limit myself. Sure. So most founders probably at this point are pitching over some sort of video conferencing uh, app. Do you have any advice for people kind of pitching through the computer and instead of being in front of people these days? No, I think it's it's still the same, right? Yeah. Um, and it's actually, I'd argue, much easier for um, folks, you know, raising um, capital to, to to do it that way because you can do so many more meetings, right? Because right? you don't have the the travel involved. Um, I guess the the only the thing that's missed that could be missing there is, um, you know, that personal connection, right? Um, like you're always going to invest in people that you like, right? And, right. And so, you know. You got to figure out a way to to build a connection, um, you know, with with that investor. Um, that's probably the only the the real challenge that 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 comes with this. But again, if you're if you're building an amazing company and you um and you tell that story well, um, and you're building it in you know um a very large market, um, you know, you should be able to 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 raise to raise capital and you know having these meetings um, virtually or digitally um allows you to have a lot more of them sure so do you have any advice on how to build a relationship with um venture capitalists like yourself or other partners at your firm kind of before an entrepreneur is ready to actually pitch and ask for money um i think the only way that really happens is if we if we have um someone in common that we both trust and respect okay um because you, i mean you, like you want to say yes right but but the reality of it is like we're all busy um doing our things right sure Whether that means you're running your fund helping your companies um you know spending time with your family what what have you right um and and so it's going to be rare that you know you, you're just gonna carve out time to meet this new random person to connect unless you have a reason to sure. Right? And, and, you know, typically that reason is they're building something that, um, that you might want to invest in. And so you want to get to know them and you want to get to know this thing that they're building, but if they're not doing that yet, 
um, and and you don't have that mutual connection, like what what's the um, you know what's the rationale for connecting? No, I I hundred percent agree. It, it's it, I've heard kind of both sides of it, and it's like for somebody like yourself on the VC side, it's like well, we just need to talk when you're ready for money, right? Like or and we then we need to decide if we're gonna go ahead or not, right? Like it, it's that's interesting. So I'm curious. What other advice do you give to entrepreneurs? Because you got to see things that they're probably doing all the time that maybe you wish you didn't do, or on the flip side of that, things that you wish they would do more. Um, I think you just got to be authentic um, is is the main thing, right? Um, know why you're building something. Um, you know, appreciate what your um, um, what your strengths are. You know. Um, what your areas of, of, of improvement are, um, know your plan for, for, um, you know, covering up or not covering up, but, um, uh, meeting those shortcomings. Maybe that's in a co-founder or other hires or whatever. Um, but just being, you know, just being genuine and, 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 and transparent, I think it goes a long way. Um, uh, we can, um, you know, read through <laughs> the, um, the non-genuine things um, pretty, pretty easily. How do you know that it, or I get it's probably some sort of a gut feeling, but how do you recognize in somebody that they're kind of going to be in it for the long haul and the highs and lows, and they're ready to, you know, take the three, five, 10 year journey to actually hopefully see this thing through to acquisition or IPO, or, or maybe just build it into a great business and keep running it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't actually, um, you know, it could be, it could be a five-year stint for them. It could be a three-year stint for them. Um, what you care about is that they can, they can take the company to the next phase, right? Okay. And that, um, and that hopefully they're, um, they're able to um, identify and hire talent, right? So that if, if they do kind of age out of the company or, or what have, what have you, then you know you know that the company's not just going to go away, right? Um, they're going to be others there, but but we do look for for that you know that tenacity, that grit, right? The the folks that want to drive a um, you know a, a Mack truck through a cul-de-sac, um, and 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 that comes down to well you know what's driving them, right? If it's just oh I just want I'm just doing this because I want to you know. Uh, <laughs> uh get rich quickly then all right then that's you're probably not going to be a successful um founder in in this business i mean right. could you, but um I, I think the stats are um uh, against you or the odds are against you it's like why are you doing this right um have you been working in a space like we we have a um a founder uh, one of our founders that um reported directly to elon musk and um, was the, the, the top engineer on um, what they were doing with um, uh, annotation for autonomous, um, you know, vehicles, right? Right. Um, so he's well steeped in that in that um, challenge, uh, and and uh, so he knows all the all the problems and genuinely wants to solve um, some of the things that he just didn't have the bandwidth, um, you know, at um, Tesla to 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 go and solve. So that's why he's building, you know, um, his company, right? So that that passion is there. Um, he, he also, you know, um, wanted to see 
more diversity in the folks that are working on this problem. And right. so that's something that he was, you know, truly passionate about. And, and you could see it um, in every action that, that, um, he's, that he had taken up until that point. And, you know, as he spoke about it, right? So you're looking for, for things like that, right? Um, you know, you, you have a lived experience, um, you know, that um, is meaning, meaningful to you in, in, in some way or for some reason. And um, you're, you're going off and you're tackling this. Like another, another company, um, one, one of the African investments is a, is a company that's uh, basically giving um, people, patients, um, the ownership of their medical records um, oh, digitally through the blockchain, right? And, and, and this founder, the way he came to, to the challenge um, was, you know, he had a friend that um, got um, a, a diagnosis from one hospital and then um, ultimately got, got sick and um, was taken to another hospital and by the time they, you know, did all the um, all the things that you have to do to diagnose, um, it was too late, and, and his friend passed away. Oh, and so awesome. he was like, "There's got to be a way to avoid that going sure. forward, right?" And so he started to build this company. So there, you know, you, you look for um, the why, right? Why? Why is this important to you? Why? Why are you um, going to build it? And and why should it be you? Right? Why should yeah. it be someone else? And you know, you listen to the to the reasons to those questions, and um, you know, and and you, you you trust your gut. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think you brought up something that I find really interesting is just kind of obviously you'll you still probably consider first time founders, but if somebody's been in a space for a number of years and they've kind of gone through the highs and lows, and they decide to kind of build something on their own in that same space it shows they're passionate because of their past, right? And I think so many people forget about that sometimes. It's like, you know, what you've been doing the last three, five, three to five years might be just as important as what you're gonna do in the next three to five years if you're trying to get investment to prove that you're passionate about whatever you're gonna tackle in the future. Yeah, maybe, right? Yeah. Maybe. Or it, it could be, you know, a situation like, the last thing that I just, the, the last yeah. thing that I just okay. gave, right? Where it was it was just a life event. Um, he just happens to be a world class engineer. Right. <laughs> you know, um, could think about um, that that problem and um, and apply a technological solution um, to it. Um, but but yeah, you know, um, both things can be true. Sure. No, I, I think that's that's great. So is there anything else or any other advice that you would like to give to entrepreneurs out there or aspiring entrepreneurs? I'd say just know your market. Yeah. Um, know, you, know your market in and out. Um, because, I, you know, we, we talked about this um, earlier in the conversation. Um, you got to know who you're building, building for. And you've got to build something that... Um, you know that they 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 genuinely want or better yet need um and then you have to understand how others have approached the challenge in the past or are trying to approach it now um and and make sure that you know your approach is is better in some ways um and you can defend your approach but it, it all comes down to to really knowing your market 
No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, Mac Venture Capital, and any other links you want to mention? Yeah, uh, so you know our whole team, um, you can get to know us at macventurecapital.com, and we're on all the social media platforms as at macventurecap. Um, and then for me specifically, all my handles are Marlon C. Nichols. Um, and happy, happy to engage on social platforms. Perfect, Marlon. Well, I, again, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.